Praise the Lord and welcome to New Life. We're glad you can join us. We are located at 1021 South Center Street in Wapiton, North Dakota, and church started at 10, but we're glad that you're with us right now. Church will also be happening at 6 o'clock um, this Wednesday night, and we um, invite you to be part of what's going on here at New Life. Today, I want to preach on this subject. Do not grow weary. Hello? Do not grow weary. Galatians 6, 9 and 10, just leave it on the introduction screen, says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due seasons we will reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for this word today, this encouraging word today from you, not to grow weary while doing good. Oh, some of the things that we have to do is mundane. And Lord, those are the times we can grow weary, but Lord, those are the times we need to press in. Let us not grow weary of living correctly in front of those in the world. Because those are the times that we preach the loudest is when we are living for you in front of them. And Lord, we just thank you and we praise you that you are so wonderful to us and that, Lord Jesus, we need not to grow weary because you didn't grow weary when you went to the cross for us, and that was the hardest work anyone has ever done. Oh, Lord, touch us, I pray, in Jesus' name. And, Lord, use us, I pray, to reach this community for, G for you, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. It says here, and let us not grow weary while doing good. Hmm. But it's so easy to do. Grow weary sometimes. Right? But we've got to keep at it. And let me ask you a question. If not you, who? Now, I, now, I'm going to be wanting to talk a little bit about doing good, but the Holy Spirit um, just gave me something else that I didn't put into my notes here this morning. Because before we move on in this text, we have to talk about doing good, doing the right thing, sowing. Now, here's what the Holy Spirit just gave me. If our actions, are not equaling our convictions. Are you hearing me? If our actions don't equal our convictions, what good are we doing? Come on. Do you ever wonder why? Uh, You've got to question yourself. We do a lot of inviting people to come to church. We, we, we talk to them about Jesus. Did you ever wonder why there might be a reason why they don't listen to you? Is your actions equaling 
the words that you are using. Now, if, you, if, you're, if you're Jeremiah and your actions are always equaling your words, but you're already told by the Holy Spirit you're not going to win anybody. Can you imagine? Here's a young preacher called to preach, and the Holy Spirit tells him right away, you're not going to win a single soul. Can you imagine? And yet, what did Jeremiah do? He kept on preaching anyhow. And we got that big old book of Jeremiah in our Bible, don't we? And he is, we celebrate Jeremiah today because he stood for the Lord. He, he knew they weren't going to listen because judgment was coming. It's kind of like living in today's America. Oh my word, I, I was watching the news this morning and I felt so sorry for this young boy. He stood by his convictions. What he talked about is how he lived, and because of it, he couldn't walk with the rest of his class to receive his diploma. They mailed it to him. What was his great sin, Corey? It was because he said, boys are boys and girls are girls, and they wouldn't let him walk to get his diploma. Then he was all set to become a wildfire fighter. Now, now, if you know anything about firemen who go fight wildfires, those are the bravest of the braves. He was already accepted in there. He, he was just finishing up his paperwork. He takes his paperwork to the employer. He turns it in, and his the guy who was going to employ him as his firefighter looks at him and says, I'm sorry, we are rescinding our offer to you. An 18-year-old man who stood up and walked his beliefs. And all he said is, there's only two genders, boy and a girl. And they're saying, well, you're not being tolerant. What is their tolerance of his free speech? And I felt so sorry for him. And so he got, they brought him on the news, and they made a big deal out of him and said thank And the woman who was interviewing him said, thank you for sticking up for women everywhere. Because we're under such ridicule and cancellation. They're canceling women. My congregation is mostly women. I cannot believe they're canceling you. Women need to start standing up. What happened to all those? I remember the 70s. I remember the fight over the ERA. You remember, most of you are too young to remember that. Most of you weren't even born for that. And I remember Phyllis Schlafly making a stand. She was a hero of everybody. And she stood against... The ERA, but she did not stand against women's rights. She was a great proponent for women's rights. Because if she didn't believe in women's rights, she wouldn't have stood against the ERA. She would have just been a little housewife, just sitting at home, doing nothing, but listening to her husband. Right? No, she got out there on the front lines. She was a front lines warrior. You know, and really, the women on both sides were really... They were fighting for what they believed. And everybody was saying, yay, look at this, the age of women. Yeah, this is great. Now we're canceling women. Where's all those voices now? Why are they not sticking up for the young girls who are being attacked? You see, if our 
actions don't equal our words, they're good for nothing. If we have convictions over something and then we don't live according to our convictions, all of a sudden they're going to say, their Jesus means nothing. Did you ever think about that? That's doing good. Living by your conviction. Sometimes it's inconvenient. Right? But don't... But when we stand for the Lord and we stand by our convictions, don't we get rewarded down the line? I'll give you some examples. I went back and I was looking at something, looking at J. Vernon McGee. Now, all you young folks don't remember J. Vernon McGee. Uh, the older folks would. Um, but he used to have a radio program through the Bible. And, and, and I, I didn't do this time. I grabbed my commentary off the shelf. And this is the first time I couldn't hear his voice when I read it. I, I used to read his commentary and I could hear his voice. That, that, that He had a distinct voice and he actually pastored in California and uh, um, just a great Baptist preacher. And he told a story once. And it goes something like this. A father said to me some time ago, and this could be written today, a father told me, says to me some time ago, I'm concerned about my boys. This man was a doctor, and he said, the tide is against me. The schools are against me. Other parents seem to be against me. Even some of my friends are against me. But I want to raise my boys right. <clears throat> Brother McGee goes on to say, if you're concerned, my friend, if that's your concern, my friend, let me encourage you to sow the right seed. Be patient, and you will reap what you have sown. Here in the Red, Va Red River Valley, you can't go out and reap in January unless you're looking for snowflakes. You have to wait until the time of reaping. What do we do as believers? We just keep sowing. You may have problems and difficulty today, but just keep sowing the Word of God. So here we go. Again, we can learn from Dory. Just keep sowing, just keep sowing, just keep sowing and live by your convictions. For the Lord promised, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Now that was said a long time ago by the prophet Isaiah. But it's true today. For those who are taking notes, that was Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. But let's look at some other examples before I get into the rest of the text. Do you remember Abraham? Well, maybe Hal knew him. 
I'm talking about Father Abraham, not Abraham Lincoln. You remember him? He lived among the wicked, idolatrous Canaanites. He walked with God while raising Isaac. He even passed the test when God told him to offer Isaac up as a sacrifice. Abraham sowed to the Spirit, and what did he reap? Everlasting life. Oh, there's a good example for you, Father Abraham. But, but you, you ladies going, oh, don't just give me all these guys. How about a woman there? Okay, I'll give you a good woman, Jochebed. Do you remember who Jochebed is? Come on. All you Sunday, you all used to attend Sunday school, Jochebed? I bet you don't remember her, who she is. Well, she's Moses' mama. Okay? Jochebed. Remember, she lived in terrible times, didn't she? She devised a plan to save Moses' life because Pharaoh commanded that all the baby boys be killed as soon as they were born. Right? What happened? What happened? Moses was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. She adopted him and raised him in the palace. God also had a plan. Jochebed was able to be his nursemaid while he was young. Can you? All right, here she has. She has baby Moses. He's been in the house for all these days. She's been taking care of him. She's being just his mama. She puts him in the ark, says to Miriam, you watch what happens. God brings that little ark floating down the river right to where Pharaoh's daughter was having a bath in the river Nile with her friends. She finds the ark. She opens it up, and she finds this beautiful baby. She falls in love with him immediately. Come on. She, she, she looks at him. She says, he must be a Hebrew baby. But she takes him, and she brings him into her father's house, and she adopts him as her own son. Hmm. But she needs a nursemaid. She has no milk to give him. And what happens? God brings Jochebed into the employment of the princess. And she becomes her own baby's nursemaid. In other words, She's his nanny. And she helps raise her son in the palace. Hmm. We have to assume she taught Moses about God and his call to Abraham and about his purpose for Israel. But then something happened. Then she saw her boy grow up like an Egyptian. All Egypt was against her. And by the way, if you go with the early dating of the Exodus, and, and, and you're not saying it was Ramses who was on the throne, if you go with the earliest dating, earlier dating for the Exodus, it turns out Jochebed would have been the most powerful queen Egypt had ever known. And when Moses went into exile, she dressed in his garments to remind the people, my son should be king, not this other. 
fascinating story when you study the early history of the, that could have been the Exodus. Because the Bible doesn't tell us who the Pharaoh was. It doesn't say, when Ramses was Pharaoh, this is when this happened. No, it just says when the Pharaoh. God didn't care that we know who the Pharaoh was. He wanted us to care that he was Israel's king. Come on. But all Egypt was against, and if it was the later dating, it doesn't matter because all Egypt was against her. The culture of Egypt, the philosophy of Egypt, the pleasures of Egypt. But there came a day when Moses turned his back on Egypt and went and took his place amongst God's people. Jochebed reaped what she had sown. Live your convictions before your children. Another example we find from the Bible is King David. Again, though, I'm going to quote from J. Vernon McGee because he does such a good job here. We also have the illustration of this principle in the life of David. His sin was glaring, and many folk think of him as being cruel and sinful man. But sin did not characterize David's life. It is interesting that a black spot on a white tablecloth can be seen from a long distance, but a drop of black ink on a black suit would never be noticed. Other kings during that period of time were so bad that when they committed a sin such as David did, it wouldn't be even noticed. But in David's life, it stands out like a horrible blot because David had a heart for God. Even in his confession, he reveals his hunger and his thirst for God. But, God so, but David sowed sin and reaped a terrible harvest in the lives of his own children. Study David once and see what happened. Absalom causes a civil war, doesn't he? <laughs> one of his other brothers does a horrible thing to one of his sisters, which Absalom then kills his his half-brother for. I mean, just terrible things because David sowed sin. And God warned him it was going to affect his children. See, our lives affect our children. Our lives affect those around us. And the Bible says we reap what we sow. But let's return to our text. So let's not grow weary while doing good. Especially, my word, those who are given the gift of works or help, don't grow weary while doing good. It could be in the high 90s, and if you got the Lord's called you to mow the lawn, do it anyway with a full heart and make sure you're hydrated. And when, and when you get home, your family should treat you like a king because you were doing the Lord's work and let you sit in front of the air conditioner to cool off. Galatians 6, 9b says, For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. In other words, do not give up. Now, Paul, if you read the whole chapter 
6, Paul's been talking about sowing in the Spirit. Let's talk about that a little bit. Many start the race, but do not finish. Mm. They stop right before their breakthrough. Wow. Did you ever think about that? Well, I, I was doing so good, and I was doing this for the Lord, but then he never, he never acted on what I was doing. And Well, did you continue doing it? Well, no, I stopped. And the, Wait a second. You stopped right before your breakthrough, so that means you've got to start all over again. Come on. Come on. Sometimes we don't get the answer that we've been praying for is because we quit right before he's going to pour it out. And he uses us all as lessons to tell us we've got to have faith and we've got to keep going and don't grow weary while doing good because we will reap what we sow. It says, in God's time, that means that, that, that due season, for in due season, that's talking about God's time. Come on. Our faith in Christ Jesus and his work on the cross will not go unrewarded, but it will bring forth all that which is promised by the Lord. Keep going. Do not lose heart, because I'll tell you something, the cross never fails. Boy, you got all excited this morning when we were singing about the blood. Yeah, three songs. Right? It never fails. You're struggling with something? Go back to the cross. Look to Jesus. Look at Jesus. Remember what Jesus did. He carried that thing you're struggling with. And he said, it's finished. Well, why am I struggling with it? Because you don't turn it over. When you come to the cross and you realize what Jesus has done for you and you leave it there at the foot of the cross, it gives the Holy Spirit permission in your life to have latitude over that thing. Sometimes we don't overcome because we don't give the Lord permission to deal with it. Well, I told him I wanted it gone, but, what? but you keep returning to it. Well, I can't. I struggle with it so. Because you don't turn it over to him. You don't take it to the cross. You're trying to do it in your own strength. Come on. That's the reason why some people don't need any help to get over cigarettes. I'm just going to give that as an example. We all know those people. I, I know some of you. It drives you up the wall. My friend Martha. And I got saved on the same day in the same church. We went down to the altar. We went down there and got saved. And she was set free right then and there from her cigarette habit. She never smoked again. She couldn't even stand the smell of it. She would go, how can you keep doing it? And I'm struggling with it, struggling with it, struggling with it. Well, the difference between what Martha did, she realized that Jesus took care of it all. And it went. Hmm. But that doesn't make, make you, should be, that should not make you feel jealous over Martha. Mm -mm -mm. See, that's a sin. You don't get jealous because God blessed Martha and he didn't bless you with the setting free. What you just need to do is say, hey, 
I need more of Jesus. I just need to get down to the cross. I need to get back to the foot of the cross and leave it there. I need to let the Lord have his way in my life. That does not mean she's better than you are. It doesn't. Because I bet Martha has something she's struggling with that she forgot to leave at the cross, too. Hello? And if she's your best bud, you probably know what it is. I can't believe that. God set Martha free, but she's the biggest gossip in the world. Did you hear me, Corey? Martha's a big gossip. Oh, my word, so am I. Right? Come on. See, all of us Christians aren't perfect. We're just saved. But one day, we will be perfect as Christ is perfect. And oh, won't that be wonderful? My word. You'll never burn the toast again. Dennis the Menace was bringing his mother breakfast in bed. He says, here, Mom, I'm bringing you cereal for breakfast this morning. But the toast didn't fare well when he, because when he opened the door, the smoke just billowed into the bedroom. <laughs> I've been reading early Dennis the Menace on Facebook. The early ones. They've been going in chronological order. That early Dennis the Menace was worse than Kelvin. For all you Kelvin and Hobbes fans, oh, he makes Kelvin seem to be a little saint. Both those boys need to get saved. <laughs> and then, verse 10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. All. Even that person that drives you up the wall, Karen. I know you got at least one of those. And I'm not talking about your brother. God's been touching your brother. We know that. Yeah, and I know, Mom, you're going like this. Yeah, yeah, but he's, he's not, I know he's not where he's supposed to be yet, but I, he's a lot better than he was. Because God's been answering our prayers, hasn't he? One of these days we're going to see him. There's going to be victory in that boy's life. I'm believing it. Can't be around. He, he can't live around people who pray and not get affected one day. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. The Holy Spirit will help us do this. I'm telling you, I'm excited about we, we were talking on the way to Mayville yesterday. I'm excited about what God's going to do in our church. I'm expecting great things to happen. I'm expecting that we're going to get people saved. And it's not going to be the ordinary way of just transferring people from this church to that church kind of thing that happens. We're going to get some of those because of what's happening in a couple of our churches in the community. We're going to get a few of those. But we're going to see people coming to the Lord. And, and listen, you're going to have to help me because you've got all this teaching in you on how to live for Jesus. Because they're not going to know anything about the Lord. 
And some of them coming from the other churches have never really been taught what the Bible has to say. And so we're, we're going to have to help them. Even one of my shyest persons might have to help somebody. And right now he's saying, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. So I'll stare at the back wall. We're going to have to do that and help them. We're going to have to help them have guidance. We're going to have to teach them how to live according to their convictions. And the Holy Spirit will help us with that. There are many who are of the faith. Listen to this. There are many who are of the faith, but don't really understand faith. So they don't walk in faith. You know what they walk in? They walk in defeat because they don't understand faith. And we're going to have to help them with that. See, this is what is talking about doing good to the household of faith. We who walk in faith, we are able to help them. The Expositor's Bible puts it this way. We are to give them the message of the cross in order that they may walk in perpetual victory. Wouldn't that be cool to have all your friends walking in victory? Perpetual victory? <laughs> Corey's got a few that she's been trying. She sometimes wants to shake them. Will you just listen to me? You can have victory in your life, but you don't want it. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Then come to church with me. No, I won't. See what I told you? Ah. But she goes a little bit more than that. You don't know Corey the way I do. She goes, she goes, instead of saying, you need to come to church with me? No, you need to believe in Jesus like I do. <laughs> but I don't want to. You got to sell out. Right? Usually I don't mention people's names too much. You know all you who watch, but this is a data. Encourage us all. Build us up. Get us excited. Because we need that. Oh, praise the Lord. I'll close with this reminder from Romans 8.2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free. Come on, come on, come on. Made you free from the law of sin and death. It means you don't have to go to hell. I'd rather be under the law of the Spirit than the old Mosaic law. The, laws, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, when we, have, when we have asked Jesus into our heart, has made me free, has made you free from the law of sin and death. So let us not grow weary while doing 
good. Let's press in. Let's keep going. And let us win people to Jesus. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you and praise you. Lord, you've done so much for us. You've given us victory. And Lord, we can live in perpetual victory. Help us to live according to our convictions. Not just giving lip service, but really living in what we believe in front of others without compromise, Lord. Help us to do that, Lord. Because then it's going to make our words effective. It'll make our witness effective in front of others. Lord, none of us are perfect. Only you are, Lord. But Lord, when we live for you and we live according to our convictions, it makes a huge difference. And others notice. And others see how you give the victory. Lord, we want to live in perpetual victory. Lord, all the mess that we have, that we haven't turned over, Lord, we're going to bring it to the cross and we're going to leave it there. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I am so glad that you can join us this morning on Facebook Live and YouTube. You have a great day. We hope you come out and join us this Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And we're located, New Life is located at 1021 South Center Street. I'll see you next time. Okay.